from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Uh, I consider him a friend, and he's, he explained what they were going to do, and I thought, I agree. You know, it, it had a 35-year run. It's going to a good place. And I said, I'm very happy with all these things. And, and it is, it's, it's odd because the Cherokees are really not part of the St. Louis Indian or Native American uh, scene, mm-hmm. but they, they uh, uh, kept in touch with me and they uh, approved the drawings and then I showed them the model and they said, we feel that's very dignified. So, so you made some changes to what right. you had in mind. Yeah, yeah. and I- What, what kind of changes? I'm Sarah Funsky. Since 1985, a statue of a Cherokee man presided over the intersection of Jefferson and Cherokee in South St. Louis. The statue was made by local noted artist Bill Christman. But on September 16th, the Cherokee Street Community Improvement District voted to remove the statue. They said it does not appropriately honor the indigenous communities that have called this land home. The statue came down the very next day, but rather than be destroyed, it was sent to a nonprofit archive in Sauget, Illinois, that houses pieces like this. Now, it's fair to say many people in St. Louis have an opinion on this subject. Here are a few people we heard from, starting with Jeff. I'm really disappointed that the statue is down and that people felt that they needed to take it down. Um, I think it represented the um, area, the neighborhood, and part of St. Louis's history. Actually, um, and there's been a statue there for so many years, but um, it reminds us of the cigar store Indians that uh, graced many um, stores, retail stores, years ago um, that have long been gone, but um, I'm really going to miss it. Hi, this is Matthew from Dutchtown, St. Louis. Uh, Regarding the statue of the Native American on Cherokee Street, Wow, it should have been taken out a long time ago. Uh, And why is the street named Cherokee? Why is Chippewa Street named Chippewa? There's no Cherokee Nation or Chippewa Nation people there. My name is Diana, calling regarding Bill Christman's Native American man statue that was at Jefferson and Cherokee for so many years, which I thought was a beautiful landmark. And as a Native American, I never really felt offended by its presence, and I understand how many people these days could feel offended by that as an icon. I have to say I am delighted that instead of a landfill, it's going to a new home. I'm almost wishing it would be going to Bill Christman's speakeasy location so that it could continue to be enjoyed by lots of people on this side of the river, but I'm sure in its new home, it will have a new meaning. And my hope is that people will take time to do some homework about Native Americans and understand why it's important to treat Indigenous people with the respect that they deserve. And those are some of your feelings about the statue that previously stood at Cherokee Street. And joining us now to share his view and some background on the project is artist Bill Christman. Bill, welcome. Thank you. So, Bill, give us some background. How did you come to make this statue? Well, in, I think, 1984, there was a a general call put out to 
uh, artists, designers, uh, sign companies to uh, come up with ideas for the uh, the district known as you know the, the Cherokee. Uh, it was like a shopping mall, mm-hmm. and uh, at that time there was still remnants of uh, Martin. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, the Wellston Loop uh, and the, the Maplewood Loop. So. Uh, the, the people and the business owners decided they wanted something to kind of draw attention to the the shopping community there, and they put out a call for entries. And I th- thought at that time, because street banners were so popular, that everybody would probably follow along that line because they're colorful and they're festive and informative. So, and I had done street banners, but I thought I'd come up with something a little different, which was to do a monument of a Cherokee Indian. And at that time, I didn't really know uh, that the Cherokee were really uh, from North and South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And they only really passed through Missouri uh, through the Trail of Tears on their way to the Oklahoma Indian Territory. But uh, so I was selected, I think, just because it was a different approach to it. And I, I built a model, which is you see here in the studio. And we do want to mention, if people want to see this this model themselves, uh, we put that out on our Twitter feed. That's at STL on air. It's it's a, a very striking piece. Thank you. So, at any rate, uh, shortly after that was um, made public, I was contacted by uh, a group of Indians from the Cherokee Nation who had an office in St. Louis on Gravois, and they said we'd like to meet with you because. Uh, there's issues about a, a statue of an Indian. Uh, when this one call, previous caller talked about a cigar store Indian, they said that's really what we want to address because it's uh, – so they came over to my shop. They did not want this cigar store yeah, type no. Indian. And they, they explained to me that what with the tradition that that came from was very offensive to Indians. They would often get an Indian who would become drunk – and catatonic, and then place him in front of the the bar, mm. and put uh, silly objects in his hand, like a, a broom and a mop, and a, put a flower pot on his head, and it was it was really a, a way of humiliating the Indians. And they said it's analogous to what uh, African Americans feel about lawn jockeys. Okay, and so I bet said, that got your attention. Yeah, I said, oh, I, got, I had no idea. So I said, well, my intent is to uh, honor you, you know the uh, and, and it is, it's it's odd because the Cherokees are really not part of the St. Louis Indian or Native American uh, scene, mm-hmm. but they they uh, uh, kept in touch with me and they uh, approved the drawings and then I showed them the model and they said, we feel that's very dignified. So so you made some changes to what right. you had in mind. Yeah. yeah. And what, I, what kind of changes? Well, I don't remember exactly, but I just uh, took out anything that could be uh, taken as a cigar store Indian, really... Uh, the the big item is he's holding the Cherokee language uh, in his left hand, uh, which is uh, part of their pride was that they had their own language mm-hmm. and produced their own newspaper. And they felt that was a very high mark showing <clears throat> their level of civilization. And they were chiefly known by a man named Sequoia who dressed often in European uh, clothes with a turban. Hmm. And... Uh, they said, really, most Cherokees would wear feathers on their, and they said they wore a lot of uh, draped cloths over a kind of a, a skin skirt, and uh, mostly they, they wore animal skins, and they wore uh, 
I think uh, originally we were going to have a, a bow and arrow, and they said we'll de-emphasize that uh, thing, and they wanted very much, you know, the, the, the hand raised in a gesture of peace. Okay, and so, so you followed what they said. Yeah, that's, I, that's reflected here. Yeah, I really felt that they were really nice people, and I, uh, you know, I wanted to make them happy because I thought the last thing I'm out to do is to try to, you know, do something that ends up uh, with negative consequences to the people it's intending to honor. Mm -hmm. So then I made it, and uh, I was never really delighted with the way the statue turned out because I was uh, carving it out of foam, and uh, I I had sprained my ankle, and it was 13 feet tall, and I was working on a ladder, so it was painful, but I had a deadline, and somehow the proportions of the statue kind of got a little uh, off. And I, I think the, the model I always felt was much more successful than the finished product. But uh, so, so you weren't thrilled with this, but... No. Yeah, but, but, it, but it still went up. You had a deadline, you hit yeah. it. Yeah, and it had 35 years uh, as, a, as a way to draw attention to the that business district and to kind of indicate some vitality and uh, help identify it. And then I think times changed in 35 years... Uh, the building owner changed. The building color was changed. Mm-hmm. It's now painted all black. Uh, there's a big utility box behind it, you know, that houses some kind of electrical uh, equipment. And there's murals all around. So, so it's in a different uh, landscape than it was in 1985. Yeah, a lot has changed down there. But when did you learn that um, there was a discussion that they were planning to take this down? Well, I got a call from Jason Deem. He's a uh, developer down on Cherokee right. Street. And he's also a part of the uh, National Building Arts Center in Soge. And uh, uh, I consider him a friend, and he's, he explained what they were going to do. And I thought, I agree. I think it's uh, uh, it's time. is, is you know it's, It had a 35-year run. It's going to a good place. And I said, I'm very happy with all these things. And, uh, I mean, at one time... Someone set fire to the base of it. It had an eight-foot-tall wooden base, and it was burned out, and I had to repair that. Wait, was this for political reasons or no, just no. random vandalism? Yeah, and it okay. had graffiti on it. I mean, the statue had been graffitied, and at one time there was a homeless person living inside the base of it. So, you know, it had its, uh, uh, it had its history. Yeah. And now its history continues uh, in a in a the the National Building Arts Center. So, yeah, so I'm that, very fine with that. I'm glad you brought this to the National Building Arts Center because this is that archive I previously mentioned that's in Sage, Illinois. And, and Michael Allen is the president right. of this right. organization. Our producer, Evie Hemphill, spoke to him, and uh, he told her that Jason Deem suggested this would be a good way to preserve this statue. Uh, Michael Allen explained why the National Building Arts Center, also known as NBAC, is a good home for this sculpture. NBAC is a repository for you know, artifacts that may have artistic value, um, but often, you know, face um, public conflict over their meaning and preservation. You know, most of the artifacts we have, um, like the statue, uh, at some point or another, somebody decided, you know, that building is in the way of something else, right, um, that society wants. So in some ways, you know, this is just what we do is we we are the home for these kinds of pieces. Um, you know, when it comes to statuary with political meaning, um, you know, that's certainly not our primary focus. Um, but in this case, with that statue being 
made by a local artist who you know has very been been very active in historic preservation and 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 works across the city. We think it's a pretty significant piece. Uh, Michael Allen added that the National Building Arts Center is a place where people can take whatever meaning they want from the art. If the statue was offensive to, to some people on the street, uh, you know, in our collection, it's it's an artifact, and all artifacts, you know, are open to interpretation, multiple meanings. And the best thing about a museum is you don't have to like everything on display, right? And that, again, is Michael Allen. Uh, Bill Christman, uh, the artist who's here with us today, who, who made this statue. Bill, I'm curious how you feel about what Michael just described there. Uh, I think Michael Allen is a, is a genius, actually. Uh, and I, I hope we do everything we can to uh, keep him in St. Louis as long as we can because his, his passion and enthusiasm for St. Louis history, uh, culture, architecture, and stuff is unmatched. And... Uh, I've always uh, liked Michael Allen's take on anything. He's a very <clears throat> earthy uh, academic. He yeah. combines uh, a kind of a passion for the city with a very intellectual capability. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I think uh, Sojé is, is uh, I feel greatly honored that it, it's uh, going to be the next home for the Cherokee Indian. So you mentioned just how much has changed on this corner where this statue right. long stood. There's also a lot that has changed in how we talk about art and how we talk about representations of, of minority communities. Do you think you would hesitate to take a commission like this today if, if somebody wanted this kind of statue? Um, I don't know that that would possibly occur. Uh, um, Nobody would make such a commission right. today. Yeah, it's yeah. just times have changed. And the, the merchants were just hoping to kind of uh, jazz up the neighborhood and uh, help people, uh, help the merchants draw customers. And, and uh, you know, it was one of those things. That's Whoop, my phone. That's your beep. phone. How about, yeah, let's let's switch that off and then we'll keep talking. Okay, there you oh, go. Oh, that was quick. Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes it isn't quick, but uh, I'm trying to think. That distracted me greatly, but... Uh, you were saying nobody would commission a piece like this today. This was... No, but there is a long-standing tradition in America of roadside uh, sculptures. Uh, the most commonly known ones are the muffler men, and they would be... Uh, these large guys who would be holding up a muffler, and sometimes they would end up with holding up a, uh, an axe and a log and look like a lumberjack. So uh, that's that's really this statue is more akin uh, to American roadside vernacular uh, advertising sculpture, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it, it's really kind of harmless uh, in that mode because it it just it's meant. As Americans love to do, uh, is to promote uh, and advertising. There's no, there's no uh, requirements for taste or uh, uh, historical accuracy. Uh, and yet, here you are trying to embody, though, a group of people. Well, uh, I mean, it's different than a muffler man, right? Right, that's true. So, but I, but there are some, you know, parallels. Yeah, it's it's a form of promotion and advertising. 
which that's what America is all about. Yeah. So. We heard from a number of, of people also on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page and on Twitter, people who had thoughts about this. And a lot of people are very glad this has come down. We heard from a lot of them. Here's a different perspective that we heard from someone named Odie, who writes on our Facebook page, the Community Improvement District claims the statue, quote, did not honor Cherokee people, but neither does an empty sidewalk. I have heard of no plans for a replacement memorial. And Odie notes that there's talk about renaming Cherokee to Oak Street, maybe, um, adding, so where exactly does acknowledging the terrible legacy of colonialism fit into this? Sounds like more like a shove it under the rug and forget the past type deal. As someone on Facebook who is a member of the Cherokee Nation pointed out, there are like 30 statues of white slave-owning men in St. Louis still standing. Why are they the only ones who deserve statues? thought that was a different point of view that I had not previously considered. I don't know if that makes your mind turn. Well, I'm not really, um, uh, I think I'm almost too old uh, to weigh in on that topic because I support the idea of, of moving forward in history and correcting our mistakes, uh, and they are many and they are grievous. Uh, and I think that uh, the, the, the treatment of the native uh, indigenous people is one of our gravest sins. Mm-hmm. And I think that the uh, St. Louis, and I just finished reading that book, uh, Land of the Broken Heart. I mean, it was just brutally difficult yeah. to, to see what St. Louis has. Walter in, Johnson's, yeah. Uh, yeah, The Broken the, Heart of America. Broken Heart of America. I mean, I, it just pains me. And I, yeah. uh, I want everything that can be done uh, to be done. But it, I don't know that just, uh, I, I think it's more uh, uh, symbolic things are uh, are part of it. But I think... Uh, what people have to do is to start uh, being open to integration. I mean, I think I live near the U City Loop, and one of the reasons that that's so nice is it's it's a very integrated area. Mm-hmm. And there's other areas in St. Louis that rarely are integrated. So I've always chosen to uh, to live and raise my family uh, in those kinds of areas, and uh, not retreat to the suburbs and so forth. Uh, but St. Louis has got a, a, a big challenge ahead uh, to heal these wounds. Uh, and that's, that really means like taking uh, just people like, no, I don't know. Uh, the symbolic stuff is, is one part of it, but I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to heal the, the problem. I think people have to start creating, and it's going to take generations, mm-hmm. I, I think, unless there's some sort of other divine plan for our uh, development as a species. Yeah. Uh, boy, we have to hope in that divine yeah. plan because it seems like otherwise, boy, but, there's been so much water under the bridge yeah. and it's going to take so long. Well, Bill Chrisman, I really appreciate you joining us today and, and sharing this history and your perspective. Okay. Thank you, sir. This episode was produced by E.B. Hemphill with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? 
suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.